You heard the words from the lighting of the Advent wreath already. We find joy in many places. Small things we do on our own. Large things we do with others. As people of faith, we seek to be shaped by joy. Today we light the third candle of the Advent wreath, the candle of joy. We also have those wonderful words from the Apostle Paul from Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. But, and I must confess, it can be difficult in these days to feel that joy. While we do have much to celebrate in our abundant lives, life has been too different, and life has been too difficult to to really feel surrounded by joy. Life has been so full of discouraging news and limitations to feel like great rejoicing. That's how it's been for me. What about you? What about you? We're made for Christian worship, you and I, the coming together for fellowship, for singing, for praising God, for engaging with one another, and we continue to be separated and apart from one another. We are encouraged. We are always strengthened by personal interactions, by laughter and sharing life in the chapel, by genuine community connections as we serve God in the city, by hugs, by a sense of support from Second Presbyterian Church. And it's hard to feel that in these days when we're so separated and isolated in this ever-worsening pandemic and social distancing. And as this pandemic keeps kicking us, we know more and more people who are sick or fighting for their lives, people in our church family or near us who have the virus. We know more and more who are actually losing the battle and loved ones losing the battle. In the coming weeks, well, the prognosis may be that it's only getting worse as the data shows us. And then, the current COVID-19 crisis only makes more difficult the other regular things that challenge our lives. Some of us are covered up with really difficult heartache. Some of us keep going to chemo treatments. We have lingering concerns that keep us awake at night. In these already difficult days, our worries tend to worsen our Despair maybe tends to deepen. So this Advent, when the liturgical color is blue, we may actually feel a little bit like that. Blue. Blue from exhaustion. Blue from separation from each other. Blue from the pandemic. Blue from the other challenges facing our society like racial injustice. Can we really light the candle of joy in all sincerity this year? Can we? 
We fortunately have another text from Scripture today, a a passage that may be especially helpful to us. I know it's especially helpful to me as we carry on in these days and look for joy, God's joy. If you have a Bible nearby, I hope you'll pick it up and open to this very short uh, psalm, Psalm 126, and I invite you to read along As I read the words aloud, listen now to this short and sweet Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. And then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. And then it was said among the nation, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negeb. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this short psalm begins with some reflections about the past. And this short psalm ends with some reflections about the future. And in the very center of this psalm is this little line about the present. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. Here's an important reminder It's a reminder for me and for all of us in these potentially blue days. Joy intends to be the consequence of faithfulness and discipleship. Joy emerges when we trust our lives to to God's care. Joy comes when we open our hearts to God's abiding presence, even in the tough times, and maybe especially in the tough times. And the refrain is worth repeating. This refrain is even worth memorizing. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. This psalm is far too short to know the specifics, the specifics of this referenced rejoicing. But those words, the Lord has done great things, and we rejoiced, intends to trigger our memories. What are the great things that God has done? Well, on nearly every page of the Bible, we can find them, these great things, great things that God has done to restore, to love, to help, to care for God's people. There's the early story of the interminable period of slavery for God's people in Egypt, under the shadows of the pyramids and under the lash of harsh masters. And then suddenly, and then without warning, Moses leads the people to freedom. One day they're making bricks out of straw, and another day they're running up the banks of the Red Sea, saying, I will sing to the Lord a new song, for God has done marvelous things. The Lord has done great things. And we rejoiced. We turn a few pages of the Bible and we have the story of David. 
And David and his people are in this lingering wilderness guerrilla warfare with the Philistines. And following that is a lot of guilt and murder and adultery and more problems for David and his people. But God fortifies David and David's reign. And God promises that God's people will be established forever. And the refrain echoes still, especially in these days. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and His reign shall be forever. The Lord has done great things, and we rejoiced. Turn a few more pages of the Bible, and we have the story of the Babylonian exile. Israel experienced the worst that human nature could even imagine. Rape in the streets, cannibalism in the kitchens, a forced 600-mile walk through the desert with taunting mockeries from captors, and then increasingly and incredibly, as we often read and as we often sing in these Advent days, comfort, comfort, Oh, my people, the warfare is ended. The inequity is pardoned. Fear not, I am with you. And be not dismayed. The Lord has done great things. And we rejoiced. We're always called to be people who remember. And people who recount God's presence and actions. And we rejoice. We rejoice. And then the psalm shifts to a plea. A plea about the future. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses of the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. The watercourses of the Negev is a fantastic image. The Negev is this vast desert in southern Israel. It is a desperate place. It is dry and vast. It is vast and dry. The watercourses of the Negev are a network of ditches that are cut into the soil by the wind and by the rain erosion. And for most of the year, they are baked dry under the heat and under the sun. But a sudden rain makes them ablaze with blossoms. The water runs through the watercourses and and life emerges. Beauty emerges. Joy emerges. This is a vivid picture of God's grace. The watercourses of Negev God's grace invading the desert parched places of our lives and bringing life. This is a vivid picture of what God is always promising to do, what God has done, what God will do. Restore our fortunes, O God, like the watercourses of the Negev. Restore our fortunes, O God, and give us relief from this pandemic. Restore our fortunes, O God, and show us a way forward to racial justice. Restore our fortunes, O God, and let your grace 
invade the parched places of all of our lives and bring life and joy. That's what this psalm is pointing us to. May those who sow in tears, the psalm says, reap with shouts of joy. That is us. That is life now. All suffering, all sadness, all struggle is seed for sowing. We sow our tears in God's goodness and care. We sow our sadness and trust our lives to God's promises. God will bring a crop of joy from it, blossoms, life, beauty, As the final verse puts it, those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy carrying their sheaves. A beautiful promise. Here's the important news. Those people who give us Psalm 126, this short and sweet psalm, which is about joy, they were no strangers to darkness and suffering and peril. They carried the painful memory of exile in their very bones. They were part of a harsh legacy, slavery in Egypt. They knew the desert seasons of life too well. They certainly knew the nights of weeping. They were skilled at sowing their tears. But those who sow in tears are also the ones who reap with shouts of joy. Those who trust in God's presence and promises through the hard times are also the ones who discover God's sincere gladness and joy in other times. Here's what Eugene Peterson says about Psalm 126. A common but futile strategy for achieving joy is striving to eliminate things that hurt us. Get rid of the pain by numbing the nerve ends. Get rid of insecurity by eliminating risk. Get rid of disappointments by depersonalizing your relationships. And then try to lighten the boredom of life, such a life, by buying joy in the form of vacations and entertainment. There isn't a hint of this in Psalm 126. Laughter, rather, is the result of living in the midst of God's great works when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. Enjoyment is not an escape from the boredom, but a plunge by faith into God's purposes, working in the world. The joy comes because God never leaves us on our own. The joy comes because God knows how to wipe away tears, bring life even out of cruelty and death, like death on a cross. Joy is what God gives not something we manufacture on our own. Joy is what results when we trust our lives, even our hurts and struggles and deepest longings, our pain, our pandemic, our fear, our frustrations. Trust all of that 
to God's abiding care. God is always dependable. God's presence is always sure. That is what generates joy. And then sustained and so covered with God's care and God's joy, we keep on striving to worship God and work for God. Serve God and serve God's people. Work with God for justice in this city and across the world. Work for God's hope and God's light everywhere we can. Covered with God's care. Covered with God's joy. Covered with God's love and faithfulness. Joy emerges in us. And that joy motivates us for faithful living today, tomorrow, and forever. May joy be real for us in these days, especially in these days. May joy move us to new ways of caring for each other, of loving and serving God in this city and as far as we can go. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, to turn from you is to fall. To turn to you is to rise, to trust our lives to your care, to sow our tears and our struggles. Well, that is to find real joy. And then that is to abide forever in your loving and faithful care. We seek the way of Jesus. Amen.